Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lavender Water Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Williams. Today, I am being joined by a very dynamic character back from where I'm from in Cincinnati, Ohio. His name is Jazekiel, and he gets very active for the community. <laughs> Apparently, he gets very active in the uh, the, uh, the the hip-hop internet sphere, <laughs> getting rappers blocked and canceled and uh, called out. Um, he's a he's he's an owner of a tiny home. He is big on gardening and teaching people how to grow their own food, make their own kombucha. Uh, are you into the mushrooms as well? I am big into the mushroom cultivation. Oh uh, yes, yeah, so you know, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my guy Yazi. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate you so much, brother, for even thinking about me and fucking inviting me on this. That's- I be shooting my shots with people like, hey, I'm available right now, and I really appreciate you responding. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I seen that uh, you were working on a podcast as well, so I wanted to catch you before you got into motion with that. Man, because you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um I, I think like with you, there's gonna it's gonna be like multiple episodes because there's so much to so much ground to cover. But, oh, absolutely! Uh, and my stream of consciousness be coming and going, so I might not even feel the same way I feel about something next time. <laughs> hey, we're always growing, we're always changing, and that's human. Absolutely. But, like, mainly the things I'm really interested in is, like, the tiny home. Because, like, I've seen that journey on Facebook, and uh, I I think for those who don't know that to be an alternative to uh, living and housing yourself, you know, I think it's uh, something interesting to hit the people with today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll start off, uh, honestly, I like to start off just with the nitty-gritty. So I'll start off with my personal uh, like journey because uh, Hannah is the she's the one that b- did the plan for it did most of the like big construction for it so like mm-hmm. how I like to kind of say we did it I'm a hammer you can go to any Home Depot or Lowe's and you can pick me up but she's a construction company you can't just go yeah. anywhere and be like I got a construction company like nah like I'm a I'm a one in a million tool. She is a one-on-one tool. <laughs> and so uh, I always like to start it off with that because we just live in such a uh, misogynist world that everybody always looks to me first like, oh, how do you do? I'm like, yo, <laughs> that's the, the woman in the relationship actually did most of the heavy lifting for this, if not like realistically 75, 80% of it, where like the super, super intense stuff is what I helped on. But like... I always got to give credit to Hannah first and foremost, and I want people to understand how cold she is for accomplishing this. <laughs> like, let's I was just a helper. Hand. Let's give a hand so, to Hannah. Uh, woo, let's go. So i uh, start off with that, but it honestly took some uh, convincing because I had a big dream of, like, because I've grown up in a one-bedroom apartment, uh, like, my whole life until I got kicked out of the house when I was 17. And then I was just couch surfing for probably about like three or four years um, until I found like a consistent spot after my brother Scooty uh, housed me for 
several, several months. Shout out to Scooty. Um, and so, like, I had this dream of having this, like, yeah, you already know Scooty Puff. <laughs> so the Vioxlin actually helped save my life a bunch. But uh, I had this really, really big dream of uh, having this huge-ass house. Like, I always wanted a big-ass house because I never had that shit. So whenever I used to go to people's houses, it was, like, was big as fuck. Like, that's that's always what I thought I wanted. And so uh, this is when I was drinking as well. Um so I had all these really gnarly anxieties uh, that I wasn't communicating to her until I got like blacked out drunk. And then I would communicate those to her in very, very non-productive ways uh, via blackout. Mm. Uh, so that's actually how the journey truly began for me. It was very ugly, like very, very ugly. Um, and I almost uh, literally uh, kind of crushed her hopes about it because it was something she really wanted to do together. But like every time I'm blacking out, I'm saying all this shit and I wake up and I don't remember none of the shit that I said. So she's like, I don't, I don't know if like you're in it or not. So then once I stopped drinking is when we were able to really like really hunker down and go hard and have a real conversation about like, all right, I'm tall. I'm six, three. Like I need, I need space. I, I like, I got long ass arms. So like she made sure all the specifications of the home were like, so I could be comfortable, uh, first and foremost. So she like, like really went out of her way to make sure that like I would feel comfortable in our home. Um, and so I love like that effort was just absolutely incredible and amazing. Uh, and then yeah, it took, uh, three and a half years to build, <laughs> Uh, five years, um, was the idea, uh, when, when the idea started, um, took three and a half years to actually complete, uh, let me see where, what's next. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we've been living in it the past four months. Um, and honestly, it's been absolutely fucking amazing. Like I thought I wanted all this extra space, but I only delegate myself when I, when I'm like in other homes to like two or three rooms at most anyway, if not just one for real, for real. Cause I just make right. my, my little tent wherever my little camp or whatever. Uh, so like space wise, it's like, it's not anything. I got the PS five in there. We got the projector. We got, I got my bongs in there. Like I you got, you got, got hella plants. Huh? You got the PS five and a pandemic. Absolutely. I, uh, got a, uh, I traded some sneakers for it. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, Yazi is the 12th person worldwide to own a PS5. Give it up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bro, I can't believe how Sony doing this right now, fam. This has been out over a year, and they still being skept on it. I know they selling backdoor like Nike do. That's the only yeah. explanation. Yeah. <laughs> Straight backdoor into the scalpers. <laughs> I remember uh, before it dropped, Travis Scott took a picture on Instagram with just a controller. So, like, you know, if they ain't got no games two years later, he definitely didn't have a, a PS5 game before it came out. Bruh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bruh, we live in a time to where I feel like uh, there's so much bullshit going on to where they know that they don't actually have to give any effort to the bullshit they feed us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they just, they lazy with it. They like, oh, no, this this is the truth. And we all looking like, damn, y'all ain't even going. 
Y'all ain't even gonna give me a little bit of a little bit of oomph to this lie. That's crazy. <laughs> no more sugar coating. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> that passive aggressive shit is for the fucking birds. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful that you acknowledge uh, the woman in your life as the brains and you know the motivation behind the operation. Because you know, in the in the patriarchy, as a usually as a man, it's like. Hey, you know how it go, bro. You know, I'll put it together. You know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. it's, also, it's also beautiful to uh, construct a project and go through with a project with somebody that you love. Yeah, like, I ain't going to hold you. It was definitely tough. And, like, we definitely went through our uh, our little trials and tribulations. But, like, it was really cool because uh, we just got to, like, come to the, like, understanding that really no matter what like bullshit is going on and like like how we may even like feel towards each other like the only and solid thing is that we know and don't have to question is just like our love for one another so when anything ever just gets like a little over like stressful and we may not be communicating like well not on the same page the one thing that we both know is just like the love that we have for each other is is always worth like pushing and working and fighting for and so that like building this house was just like super relationship building <laughs> yeah yeah y'all, y'all in it for the long haul with that one yeah you can't oh absolutely <laughs> there's, no, there's no turning back at this point that's a beautiful thing man because you know in this world today you got people that's not kissing each other when being intimate you got people that you know, hate the opposite sex or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Shouts out Kevin Samuels. You know, like, it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, division in the world. And it's like, you know, just come together. Just Why can't you just love somebody? Yeah, straight, man, straight up. That's like, I make my jokes about, you know, relationship society in that world because, I'm privileged enough to watch that shit from the outside and just be a like really opinionated motherfucker about it. Just cause I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Y'all be going through these things. Like y'all just like love somebody. Like y'all want to, you know, kind of figure out somebody. But I understand that we live in a, in a time of transaction. And if one party or both parties, they don't feel at some point that the transaction is worth it. Then it's time to move on to the to the next ATM instead of it. And it, it's crazy because like we not we not machines and we not we not AT, we ain't got money. Like we're not we are not money. So it's just really really fucked up. Like even idea to just use each other as transactions. Not to say that we don't use one another. Like that's that's an absolute fact. Like we should utilize one another, but we shouldn't like. I like that better. We should utilize one another, but not use one another. And I feel like that's what the transactions are. If like, if I don't find any use for you anymore, then I'm going to toss you to the side. But these uses to me, from what I observe are always normally like really, really either like capitalist or just based on the physical things, not actually like talking about like real shit, (laughs) like getting emotional. Like speaking of uh, transactional relationships, you heard the new Future album by any chance? 
Oh, absolutely. I am a, a big fan of the Dark Lord. <laughs> so you heard uh, the Four and Nut song? Yes. Yes. I bust the bitch up for a nut. That's as simple as it gets. Bruh, absolutely. Like, it's funny because I love, uh, I love the Dark Lord um, only because he doesn't act like he's something else. He accepts the role as being all of the epitomes of everything that I say I find wild. What I respect about that is he does not hide from it. He just steps deeper into it. Whereas a lot of predecessors have just been perping about who they is on tape. But and they realize they've been moving real, real, real future like. <laughs> but they want to get on the on the on, on the tape and be like all fucking not even like uh conscious, but like act like they're not ratchet as hell. Oh, and like that's the Jackson. shit that but that's the shit that bugs me. <laughs> With uh, Derek Jackson activity, giving people relationship advice for cheating on his wife. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> but it really is. Like it really is. <laughs> that's why children out there listening. I'm trying to tell you, make sure if you just truly have a connection with somebody, man, woman, everything in between and outside, really, really value that motherfucking human being because there's not a lot of people out there truly for you. There's like literally a handful of people at very most that are truly for you. And if you find that partner who you can reach or partners, if you believe in believe in that, I personally just speak from a monogamous uh, standpoint because that's just my belief in practice. Um, but right. even if you don't have a monogamous belief, if you believe in polyamory or polygamy, um, if you find that person or people, I promise you, as long as they prove by actions and not words, by actions, that they are willing to show change, I feel like every single one of them people is worth fighting another day for and don't toss them motherfuckers to the side because those are truly the people who will change your life and you will change theirs. But you got to really value them people and really understand the smell of roses when they're in front of your face. You know, that's, that's real beautiful, man, and I appreciate you coming through with that. Uh, I can, I can kind of go off the back of that with, uh, yeah, definitely there's 8 billion people on the planet today. You're not going to meet a lot of people that are down for you that'll give you the shirt off their back, the shoes off their feet, you know. Um, there was a time in 2013 I was staying with a friend. Um, long story short, he opened his home to me when I was in a bad position, and then he went through it real bad with hard drugs uh, to the point, you know, in and out of prison, uh but that was 2013, uh, 2022. Uh, as of now, he's two years clean off of hard drugs. Um, yeah. But like, during that time of him going through it with the streets and the drugs and prison, it's like all the people that, you know, used to be around for him, they all turned their backs on him for the most part. And it's like, mm-hmm. despite what he was going through, a lot of, you know, I couldn't be around for it. I had to make my life better. I had to focus on me and just pray that, you know, he did better for himself. And he did, you know what I'm saying? And I never, 
you know, because he opened his home to me in, you know, a, a really crazy time. And he's he was a younger person than me, you know what I'm saying, on top of that. So it was like, yeah, man, that's a true blue person in my life. And when they get themselves together, I'll still be there, you know what I'm saying? And here we are today, you know what I'm saying? So you got to stick with the people, you know what I'm saying? You can't judge nah, nobody. I fuck with that. I fuck with that heavy, like, for real. That's You kind of just speak a... I was like, I experienced a very, very similar thing. It just, you know, homelessness and really, truly just being fucked up. And personally, like, uh, I didn't understand too, but, uh, one thing that's crazy, especially with our generation is uh, how easy it is to accidentally become a drug addict. And so one thing that I, uh, personally did and several of my friends did is we all had this plug. This is from like 2012 to like 2014 or 2015. We was all on the Molly heavy, the quote unquote Molly, right? Yeah. We all like, like we're getting consistently from this dude. And we had like all the same feeling, like kind of aggressive, like, like, like grinding our teeth, like together, like, you know, all that shit wasn't until yeah. literally 2015. We've been hitting the same plug up for three years. Um, and he didn't have it. So we went to somebody else. Then he, we got for the first time in our life, we got real Molly and we actually felt like elated that we wasn't grinding our teeth. Like we was happy as fuck type shit. And we was all like, this is the best Molly I've ever had. Like, then we're like explaining kind of, you know, the, the feelings about the other ones feel and a dude kind of bust our bubble and. I didn't want to accept it at first. It took like a year to accept, but I was like, God damn, nigga, I've accidentally been a meth addict for three years damn. Be- because I wasn't doing Molly. I thought I was just a fucking Molly crackhead. Nah, me and my niggas was accidentally doing meth, fam. Damn. And so, so I truly like, now that I understand that that's what I was doing, it makes my brain chemistry and my decision-making at that time make a lot more sense mm. of how, like, I was truly, truly so, like, not even scatterbrained, just not looking at, like, human relationships, like, real. Like, just, like, I was just seeing what what can I do next? How, can, what can I do to get, like, literally to get some weed, this drink, and this quote-unquote molly? I was doing it, like, two or three times a week. Mm. And so... Literally, uh, fucking 2015, I, uh, tripped off of three hits of acid and, uh, I went to OU for their, uh, fucking Halloween party and I absolutely lost my mind to the point, uh, I didn't have auditory speech or I didn't understand what words were and I reverted to a pure gorilla mode and, uh, that actually really rewired and hardwired my brain because uh, I didn't want to do any of that anymore. Like, I really just wanted, like, to be around my friends only. Like, I under like I just unlocked what was important to me after having, like, eight consecutive ego deaths in, like, 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, okay. We like, I literally died. I died a lot. I died a lot. <laughs> we endorse psychedelics very heavily on the Lavender Water Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you already know. Not that bullshit Joe Rogan fucking... Have you ever thought of... No, I haven't, because that's dumb. Stop it. No. (laughs) This shit actually legit, like, helped rewire my damn brain so I could not, like, uh, be fiending, because 
I, we can lie to ourselves no matter what. If you are consistently doing that much of a thing you think you're doing, no matter what that thing is, when you know what it is, you you was doing that drugs and you was a drug addict for that. Like it's a very hard thing for a lot of people to accept. Um, and that's why they like continue and further have drug issues because they just can't accept it. Yo, at periods of time, I have been a drug addict. Like it's okay. It's totally okay. Um, to me, everybody's a drug addict. Um, how the level that people drink alcohol, uh, is not sustainable or healthy or smart. It's like an addict. Um, the number of people in this country that are literally addicted to caffeine, not understanding that's literally one of the most powerful drugs you can intake as a human, but it's like the norm. You wake up in the morning and you take literally five to seven times the normal amount of caffeine you're supposed to be ingesting in like one or two hours in the morning. And now what are you getting? You're getting these jitters. You're getting the shakes. You're getting super jacked up and energetic. That yo, that's I'm sorry that we normalized it, but that's a powerful ass drug that we normalize. Yeah. And yeah, you're looking like an addict in traffic every morning. <laughs> yeah, man. It's crazy, like, because 'cause I'm not I'm personally not a coffee drinker and I stopped drinking like dark sodas with caffeine uh, a few years ago. Like the last time I had yeah. a Pepsi, I, I felt like kooky, like my teeth were gritty, like I was like, Yeah, I don't like this no more, man. But uh it's like when, because I've only stepped inside of Starbucks maybe like two times in my entire life, and it was always with somebody who drinks coffee. But it's like passing by them and looking at, you know, like the, the clientele they uh, they accommodate. It's like, man, you were out here at the ass crack of the morning. It's like five forty-five. You in the driveway talking about some yeah, mocha latte, extra grande, espresso bean steam, bean poop. And I'm like, oh man, like. It, I can't believe you're like, that. Uh, is that good? You're exa- Bruh, ex- come on now. <laughs> like, all you got to do is just fancy up the drug and people forget that it's a whole-ass drug. It's just, now it's just the culture. <laughs> just because you, you put some, just because you, you get some milk and some cream and you, you spin it around for 30 seconds, don't make that coffee any less more fucking addictive and druggy. <laughs> So to uh, bring it back to Molly, actually, my first uh, encounter with Molly, uh, I never done it, but like back when all the rappers were talking about it, I'm living in West Georgia uh, in 2012, and I'm with like my stepbrother and his friends on the back street, and one of his friends, he's like the plug or whatever, so this guy comes through trying to get some gas, but he makes an exchange. Instead of money, he gives him some Molly, so... Uh, dude leaves, and we all just kind of like looking at it in his hand. It's like something encapsulated, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm looking at it like, is it the real thing? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, why would you accept it if you don't know that's what it is, though? You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's because somebody when told seen, us it was. <laughs> when I seen someone do it like two years later, uh, it was like, it was, so it was like he was a he was the stepbrother of one of my friends who was in the program with me was boat cooking. So like one day, uh, it was like a job court they had was called general inspection, which was like one Wednesday at the month where you weren't allowed to leave the job court the whole day. You had to clean your room. Da, 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 da. So nobody's leaving. He's bored. He there's a dude new on campus that's selling Molly. Dude buys Molly. So he comes into my room like, yeah, bro, I'm about to do this Molly. I'm like. 
why would you do Molly and we can't go nowhere and do nothing? Like, to me, that's stupid. Like, I never did it, but, like, I, I think I understand the properties well enough. So he go in his room, he go do it. He come back, his eyes is, like, burgundy. Like, the whites of his eyes is, like, burgundy. And I'm like, bro, you look like the devil, bro. Like, I have no idea <laughs> what you I ain't fucking right with you. <laughs> so, like, he, like, pacing back and forth from my room. And I'm like, hey, bro, you got to get out of here with that shit, bro. Like, you make me nervous. So then, yeah, he bro, you give me anxiety. <laughs> he ended up getting in trouble because uh, one of the he he left some weed out in his room, so he got kicked out the program and stuff. Oh, bro, man, slipping, looking crazy, drugs. Bro, I'm telling you, drugs, man. They are pa- drugs are a powerful drug. Ask how live quality, man. Drugs are a powerful drug. Oh man, so like, if, if you. Did you, did you did you want to speak on the the quality thing? Uh honestly, I don't even know for real cuz I'm going in waves with it and like what I understand is all he did on on Instagram for me is he helped me out by throwing <laughs> me into more more algorithms and getting me seen by more people so like I'm the only one that can really win in this situation and I've already collected the victory and now it's just to the point to where like it's almost like he has botted responses almost but i know that's just how his brain works and so i don't even know like i don't even know what to talk about at this point because like the nigga dug his own grave and like (laughs) for for everybody to see and like i'm just geeked up because it's it's a part of my whole plan and this is this is one of the many many little uh little check marks that I'm trying to get to eliminate this uh this celebrity worship, this idol worship that we're all on right now. Uh and this is honestly just uh, a part of me healing a lot of myself and my younger self from being enthralled in celebrity culture so long. Like uh I used to worship in high school Kanye West. Like I was literally me and my homie Simeon, like we was known for like just spitting his fucking lyrics randomly any given point in school. Like when niggas really wasn't fucking with him and call him a weirdo and shit. Um, and, and so like, yeah, shout out Simeon. And so now like, now that I get to like see how this man has evolved who I worship and put all of this like, my own shit on about who this person is. That's when I realized like the nastiness of all of this of like, I have worshiped false idols. I have personally been involved in this. So, uh, I want to help as many people as possible kind of heal and decompress from that because it is very, very, very harmful for us. Our mental, our emotional, it is very not good for us to be looking at these people in these lights. Cause on some real talk, they not shit. They're not that good. And that's what everybody has to understand. Nobody is that good. Uh, Prince. Prince might be. Nobody is that good to where their art completely overshadows the fuckboys that they are. And I say Prince because I, I will accept that all the time about how shitty of a nigga he was, but I will not stop playing my Prince music. That's the that's the one person who I will take that that hypocritic L on, um, but these other folks, um, 
I just, they're not that great to be able to overlook all of this consistent bullshit. They don't do that cool of things. They steal from literally people like us, take our sauce, and then leave us in the dust just because they have more literal capital at the time to take advantage of those things. And this, right. this is the ugly cycle of this celebrity and this worship. They take from us, then they give it in an like, infinitely shittier version than we would have given it, and people still eat it up. Yeah, they get rich off of it and then call you broke. Bro, come on. Come on, fam. Like, we all, like, this is a concerted effort. Like, we, in order for us to get respect, we have to eliminate the disrespecters. <laughs> it's no working with these people. These people don't want to be worked with. This whole, all the, all them, all them people who friends with each other, it, it is, it's unfortunate, but they, we have to look at them to, as a takedown, not work with. The, they don't want to work with, they want to exploit, and we not with that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the last time I listened to a Talib Kweli album on purpose, you know what I mean? Um, are we talking about uh, just Kweli, or are we talking about, like, Black Star? Because I'm not <laughs> listening to a Kweli album in literally, like, probably about five or six years, uh, Reflection Eternal. Man, and I listened to like three or four songs, but a lot of them didn't age that well. And it's like sleepy time music. I used to think that Common walked so J. Cole could go overseas and play basketball and average 1.2 points a game. But no, it was actually Kwali. He was the setter <laughs> upper for J. Cole. He's the one. I'm sorry. If J. Cole ever hear this, I promise all my slander is just jokes. I believe you're a great human, but it's just really fun to talk about how corny you are. That's all. <laughs> hey, that's, hey, you know what? That makes me sleep good at night, man. That's all I wanted to hear. Yeah, but motherfuckers think that, like, I don't, I don't, like, respect, like, good humans. No, like, that nigga is a spectacular human. The people that he's put on and continues to put on is amazing. I just like talking my shit because that's a fellow mixed nigga, and I'm going to talk my shit on my fellow mixed niggas. <laughs> hey, man, I, I understand that 100%, man. I, I got you. But uh, going back to what you were saying about they don't want to be worked with, you know what I'm saying, uh, like thinking about the uh, the YSL trial and all that, the, the RICO, the indictment, um, Something me and my friend were talking about. He was like, "Yeah, free YSL," and I was like, "Yeah, but if they're criminals, they gotta serve criminal time, though. Like, this is some serious stuff. Like, you know, I don't know. The people died. Like, people, lots yeah, of people know, died. A lot of people out the game. You know what I'm saying? And they're trying to pin seventy five percent of Atlanta crime on on this rap group organization. I think that's that's a tall order. But it's like if they're actually out here killing people and getting people got harmed, you know what I'm saying? It's like they were taking. There need your, to be consequences. <laughs> yeah, they're taking your rap money. You know what I'm saying? Calling you broke the whole time, going to the the Celine store, the the Balenciaga store, and killing people, and then want to be felt sorry for it. Oh, the bed is hard, and they ain't got no mattress on it. Oh, the toilet don't got five features on it. Oh, like but you you rap about crime, you rap about killing people, you rap about going to jail for fun. Now you in jail for real. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I look at it like, yeah, man, like when you want to play a certain level of the game, 
Like, you can't forget where you came from. You can't shit on the people that brought you where you at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fam. Yeah. Like, especially, like, for for a person like Kwali, I'm just bringing it back because uh, fucking just disrespecting your fans. It's just like, um, he's not that type of artist anyway who has, like, new younger fans. He's not that. So, to me, like, I... And I know this is, again, fans are entitled as shit. Like, that's just something we do. We are very entitled, and it's some bullshit. Uh, But even with that entitlement, like, if you've been a day one fan for, like, 20-something years, right, I do kind of feel like the artist should just show a little bit of love. Like, 20 years is a long time to be rocking out with somebody and to be consistently showing love and support and spending their time and life force on. And so you ain't got to go and, like, be all up in they shit, but, like, something like, I don't know, like a like a collector set, right? Like, this is this set is for the real fans, right? Instead of just doing that dumbass fucking one way of you got to subscribe to some podcast or something. Like, like what right. like what if people don't want to add that subscription to their shit, but they, ju- they just want the art? They, they just want it without the bullshit. And just to not be an artist to... Think of literally the people who have literally got you to where you are and see how you can treat them best first to me is just mad disrespectful. And again, so, that's also me speaking from uh, fan entitlement. <laughs> so that's, that, like you said, that's the fan side of it. And uh, I was talking to a few people today who were telling me about the situation because I was working on putting the podcast out. So I was like, I don't even know. Like, while I was commenting on it, I didn't know the depth of it. So uh, a couple people, you know, usually artists, they're like, uh, from the artist's perspective, it's like, can't nobody tell me how to make my art or how to put my art out the way, you know what I'm saying, move around kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, all, it's all how it comes to you and how you look at it, which on one of these podcasts I was actually talking, uh, it was the first one, uh, talking about how, like, uh, you know, when the art comes out, you kind of got to deal with it, you know what I'm saying? Unless you're the kind of platform that listens to the audience. Like, how they changed the Sonic movie, like, before, like, we don't want that hedgehog, and they redesigned it, and now it's a joke. Yes. Of yes. Like, that. that's that's literally the exact shit I'm talking about. Like, did all those artists put in hella, hella hours of work into the original one? Hell yeah, they did. Yeah. But did they did they listen to the people who it was for and then spend more time to make those adjustments? So now everybody can kind of have a greater experience for what it was for. And everybody ended up being happy. <laughs> right. Like, I don't, I feel like, like, especially with art, like art to me is, uh, it is, it is meant to combine and not like push away and gatekeep to me. And so like when you, when you set up those weird gates, I don't know. It just makes me a little itchy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes sense because it is. It's supposed to be. It's coming from a source that we all come from. So to like say, no, only uh, these two can look at it. Like, what's so special about these two people? Yeah, no, nah, like for real. Like, I believe every individual is extremely special. But like, at the same time, tell the motherfuckers out here too. It's so special. I mean, like. It's like, even to me, I do believe like being special is still a dime a dozen. You just ain't, you know, we just ain't in the environments to see the truly special people rock out in, in they special ways. But like, 
in all the like I be traveling a lot, so and everything I see, I see, I see at least dozens of people way more special and amazing than I believe that I am, and I believe I am that nigga. But there's people I surround myself where I'm like, God damn, you are. I can't believe you're real. Like this is insane. And then it makes me think, like, damn, I, I am special. But in the grand scheme of things, there's a bunch of special motherfuckers. <laughs> Respect, man. You gotta surround yourself around people who inspire you, who are doing better things than you. It's the only way you grow. Yeah, man. Like I totally, totally was a person uh, in my my early twenties. I'm thirty now. Uh, my early twenties that didn't understand that concept at all. Uh, I definitely was a hater. Like I cannot, I cannot lie. I'm very honest with a lot of people that I'm close with now. Uh, mm-hmm. People, people. I, I like the people I rock with because they know I'm going to be brutally honest with myself first and I'm going to be gently honest with everyone else because I like to set that tone of I'm going to come to myself crazy. Like, I, that's just, I'm trying to be more gentle on myself. It's a work, it's a, it's an effort. Like, I really got to put some effort into it and I'm shipping away, but I'm very, very hard on myself and I talk to myself crazy. Uh, and so. You're, you're a tourist? Like, yes. Yeah, Raging Bull, yeah. Yes, I like I hold myself to just a different standard. Like I'm not about to compare to other people, but I caught myself comparing to other people and that is not myself. So when I was acting outside of myself, that's when I found myself in the shittiest situations and not getting the the universal love that I was thinking that I deserved. Because in reality a lot of like the people like I said I was close with now I was lo- like, no, high key hating on. I was not showing any love on purpose because I'm like, how are these people in these positions? Are they that much better than me? Not looking in the mirror, realizing I'm not doing anything but getting fucked up. That's the only thing I'm doing. I'm getting fucked up and I'm going on Facebook and I'm talking a bunch of shit uh, about some politics and some shit that I think is making me sound and look really, really cool to whoever I'm trying to look and sound cool to, but everybody but me. And so people who I actually saw doing and moving, I definitely had, like, I wouldn't even say ill will, but just 100% hater energy that if they didn't succeed, I might bust a smile. Some real, real nasty shit. Like, really nasty. And so, uh, again, that, that like, I'm going to always go back to that, that three hits story. That shit changed my life and such the better. Like, I was forced to go through like so many life cycles of my bullshit and like deal with the, 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 the top to the bottom of them that it really expedited like how my brain just like thinks about, you know, relationships. And like, to me, that is the most important thing to me now is just my, my, my human relationships and like developing those as strong as possible and organically as possible. And like before I honestly just used to see how much I could get out of people and how much I could use them as a lick. And like the way that I move now is again to, I, I do everything selfishly. I'm just treating my younger self with the grace and the greatness that he deserved then, but was just not uh, in the place to exercise those things. But now since I'm in a place to exercise those things, I can treat my younger self better by being who I thought I was, but actually being that motherfucker now. And you, you live it every day. I see it every single day. As soon as the shenanigans start, they don't stop. And uh, I fuck with it. Yeah, man. And you are a person who honestly has really, really inspired me. Uh, you already know this. 
But um, for the people who don't know, Matt has inspired me uh, just because he's a person who many people have talked hella, hella shit about. Um, I've, I've luckily rocked since day one. Luckily, I don't have any hater stories for you, unfortunately, uh, just because, like, I've always loved your confidence. Like, like I ain't gonna, like, I don't like all of your songs, but I like at least 20, which is a lot of fucking songs. Like, I, I, I know, I know the, I know the lyrics to at least a dozen of your songs. Like, like you, like you put out a lot of music, but to me, it's like, it's like real Gucci man. Like you a liar. If you like saying every, like in the Gucci tape area, like every Gucci track, like, you know, out of them 30 songs, you only bang about five, six of them hoes. Like motherfuckers gotta be, motherfuckers gotta be real. Motherfuckers just gotta be real. You ain't blasting off 30 of them hoes. <laughs> that's, what was, that's, that's what I was saying. Like when I first started doing like music heavy like that, uh, as sex wave, it was like, yeah, I feel like Gucci Man. I feel like Lil B. And it was like, you know, people yeah, talk like, yeah. There's a difference though. You ain't got no fan base. You ain't got no fan. Like, There's literally no difference. There's literally no difference. <laughs> it's just niggas literally, uh, you, you just bought what Lil B and what Gucci Man was selling. That's all. That's the only difference. You bought the Kool-Aid. It's all the same Kool-Aid. It's 60, it's 60 songs on one disc. What is we talking about? <laughs> there is no rationale. It is the same. <laughs> and so, like, just you having that confidence and consistently showing that and still being out there in the, like, literally in the community, in the streets, um, especially to the battle with Wolfmane where – like literally, you know, I was talking my shit for you, and you had you made me hold my L, uh, but I, I I still appreciated that because still to this day, who is like who has challenged someone who like they had some like some minuscule like not real beef with, but was like let's art it out, let's art this shit out, let's not let's not take it to no bullshit level. Let's let's do, let's let's the best artist wins. In this yeah. in this arena. In this arena. Not overall, but in this let's let's see who is in this twenty, thirty minutes, who can who can showcase themselves the best artist right now. And so just for even that, I even uh I gotta give that credit to like really pushing Wolfmane. Cause Wolfmane started literally after that getting into a whole different bag. To yeah. me he got to actually access a whole different part of himself to where you like, damn man, like I'm I'm better than I think. And so to me, that was even like, oh, like I look, maybe look too deep into situation, but I look at that situation as like a catalyst for a lot of things in this city. And I see a lot of the things that you've done in this city as just being like, literally just like your Leo self and being like, no, I'm not going, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it my way. I've really truly taken notes and just done it in just a literally different way. But I have literally taken an example from the way that you have moved your sternness, like especially, and just not going for the whole shit. Like I've totally taken a lot of like a lot of that like from you and took notes about like truly persevering when niggas is talking hella shit, but in front of your face they want to be all whoopty whoopty woo, but you already know what the fuck they saying behind your back type shit. And then still per like still pursuing, still still waking up, putting one more foot forward, like. That is some real fortitude and like warrior shit that a lot of people don't don't get. <laughs> well, damn man, I appreciate you recognizing that and uh, voicing that. Uh, Cause yeah, it, it, 
it's like uh, I'm a few episodes in recording this uh, podcast now, and a few people that I've had on have broken into telling me that I've inspired them along the way. And it's like, dang, man, like, y'all about to make me cry on my own show, man. Like, but, yeah, you know, man, that's real talk, man. It's like the saying, it says, like, uh, a, uh, when, you know, like, a candle can light a thousand candles and not lose its light, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I love that. That's hard. That's hard. That is crazy hard. Yes, I I definitely feel like you have you are one hundred percent a powerful candle. <laughs> Cause like just just like you moving how you move, it just like just shows that it's possible to live life like that. You know, like not like not like exactly how you live, but like just the way that you go about things. Like damn. That nigga's still rocking. Ain't nobody stopping him. He's still just cooking. <laughs> and nobody's stopping him. All right, out to the gym. I might as well go try some shit. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 really the whole thing. Is like if you see me doing it, then you be like, dang, I can I can get off my ass and make something pop too. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it's yeah. about. Like, we all we all family. We all tribe. You know what I'm saying? And, we we're gonna make it to the top together. Man, one hundred. One hundred. Um, but I hate to cut it short, but I do actually have to go because I have to go and do some things I can't mention on the podcast. <laughs> hey, it's perfect timing because I was about to say the same thing of, you know, I think this is a good time. Uh I appreciate it. Yeah, you man, hell yeah. Uh you're welcome to come through for more installments. We would love to hear more from you. Uh about that mushroom culture and you know, uh we can have some psychedelic talk, you know, anything else in between, uh, we can talk about shoes, we can, anything for real. Man, I'm gonna be back one hundred percent, man. I uh I don't know, you got me cooking, you got me excited about talking and shit, so I I love the vibes, I love the energy, I I'm I'm back in this motherfucker. Alright, man, that's good to hear, man. Take care of yourself. All right, I love you so much, brother. Have a great fucking evening. Love you too, man. One love. Peace.